Hello, fellow adventurers. I'm Josie Thompson and welcome to You Can Shine podcast, where I explore real stories of real people just like you and I, who have faced adversities and trials and won. Today, I'm here with Maria Roney. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I met Maria at a resilience workshop I ran for Good Start Early Learning some 10 years ago. She's gone on now to become an inspirational speaker and coach, helping women to take their power back and has herself more recently been on what she describes as the most exponential growth path of her life. Maria lives in Brisbane with her best friend and two dogs named Ozzie and Summer. And a fun fact is Maria is a self-confessed tree hugger, just like me. And she's also one big hearted woman. So welcome, Maria Roney. Thank you so much, Josie. I'm very honoured to be here. Well, we're very happy to have you here. And Maria, I've done a bit of a rundown on, I guess, some of the career highlights of your life. But tell us your real story, the story underneath who is Maria Roney? What are some of the formative experiences that have shaped your life? Okay. Well, as you mentioned, Josie, I've been on the most exponential growth path of my life. And that has been over the past 12 months. So I was in um, a relationship for almost 20 years up until the end of 2020. And it had its ups and downs like a lot of relationships. What I had come to realise is that it was an abusive relationship and what I now know to be um, coercive control. Now, that happened very slowly over those almost 20 years. And it started with, there were lots of red flags initially, but my qualities of forgiveness and and loyalty and love and giving people a second go, I gave him chance after chance. And I came to a point where I realised I was living a much smaller life than what I wanted to lead. Some of the abuse entailed social isolation, not being able to do what I wanted to do or spend my time how I wanted to spend it, gaslighting, belittling, lying, yelling, financial control, sexual abuse, a a lot. And I was caught in this cycle of abuse that happens through love bombing, the abuse, and through to the calm phase and over and over across the 20 years. Now, I have been on a growth path myself for many years and at towards the end of 2020, and that was, you know, the year that we spent a lot of time in lockdown and our marriage had really deteriorated and my self-worth had risen to the point where I knew that I could no longer be in the marriage. I was realising and I was I was shocked to realise that I was a victim of domestic violence and I had opened up to a friend and saw the look on her face when I had described some of the interactions with my husband and I knew that it wasn't normal and I knew that I didn't deserve to be treated like that. And so on the 2nd of December, 
last year, I made the decision to tell my husband that um, I wanted to separate. And that's when my world spun out of control. Um, he disappeared uh, that night and um, I had to call the police. The police put him into hospital and he came home the next day. And I must say that the emotional and psychological abuse through the night and um, through this next day um, was absolutely horrific for me. Mm, it sounds pretty intense, Maria. I mean, the 20 years in a relationship that over time really did erode your sense of self. You, men you mentioned that you were shocked to realise that you were a victim of domestic yeah. violence. Like what was the moment that had you realise that, you know, you were a victim of domestic violence? I mean, this is something that you'd experienced over an extended time and there were what you call red flags and you've mentioned some of those, but what was the moment of realisation or awakening mm -hmm. to the reality of what you were living? So I guess there were quite a few moments that I realised that the nature of domestic violence is that we normalise it, we make excuses for the person and we forgive them time and time again. But the actual moment that I realised, I was reading a book. It was called Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay. Um, and I got to the chapter about power and control and in that moment, I knew that I could no longer stay in that relationship because that's what it was about. It was, a, it was about power and control. Mm. And I, I never finished that book. I literally definitively knew and made my decision right then and there. That was on the 2nd of December, the same day that I, that I told him. And in that moment, Josie, I felt... At, a moment of absolute freedom. I knew that it was going to be hard, but I also knew that it was the right decision for me. And in that moment, for the first time in 20 years, I chose myself. Mm. I hear this and I can't imagine what it would have taken for you to actually finally make that decision because you know clearly you're very loyal clearly you were committed to the relationship clearly you wanted it to work and clearly you were suffering you were in pain and something wasn't right but then you know as you mentioned reading that that chapter on power and control you obviously heard read understood something that made you go enough enough's enough yes absolutely so what did you call on what did you call on to have the strength, the courage to even speak up? You know, were you even frightened to have that conversation and draw a close to this nightmare? I, I, was, I was terrified, Josie. And at that time, um, my husband and I had gone through weeks and weeks of significant turmoil so that cycle of abuse was happening on a daily basis to me so that when I made that decision I I knew that it was going to be really hard and I was like how am I going to do this how mm. am I going to do this 
and that's a is a really good question what where what did I draw from I I think I drew from strength I knew I didn't even have like mm. I have done a lot of hard things since that moment but that was saying those words that I wanted to separate was the hardest and scariest thing I ever did mm. and I would have been even more terrified then if I knew what I know now and that is that the first sign of physical abuse from a coercive controller is murder mm. and so when I told him and he disappeared and that was him taking all of the control, wouldn't tell me where he was and he made threats of suicide and told me in great detail about how he was going to do it and he was psychologically and emotionally abusing me for hours on the phone um, often on that night before the police found him. Mm. And then the next day when he was released into the care of his brother and he came home, that abuse continued mm. and he was to go and stay at his um, brother's place and he left in the afternoon um, and then he he didn't go to his brother's place. Um, he went to the place near where we got married and um, at some point during the night he very violently killed himself. Wow, what a shock. Yes. Mm. So I got a phone call the next day. So who's missing? I was in absolute crisis, mm. absolute crisis. And um, and I was with my family and, and waiting and, and I got the news. Mm. And Josie, in that moment, like not only did my husband die I also died and that's when my rebirth began tell me more about that <sighs> it's so I knew from the very beginning in the very be when I say the beginning so the beginning of my rebirth I knew that I was, I was not going to live as a victim for the rest of my life. So the part of you that died was the victim. Yes, yes. And the part of you that was birthed was the victor. Yes. Mm. Yes. And, and I was numb and I was in shock. And I, I, you know, I was numb for a long time, um, Josie, and, and even now we're only at, you know, it'll be 12 months next week. Mm. And, you know, my rebirth has been so far, and th this healing will last a lifetime, Josie. Mm. <laughs> and in that time, it's been an absolute roller coaster. Mm. I have learnt so much about myself mm. I have dealt with the shame and embarrassment of of you know having been a victim of domestic violence I am a confident successful woman 
And, you know, how did I not see, you know, the pattern that I've been subjected to over such a long period of time? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's a, I, I really want to acknowledge your strength and courage in sharing this story with us today, because there's a, a you know, it does take a, an aspect of vulnerability to let people into our stories. And what we realise is in revealing, you know, the darkness of some of the things that we've lived through, there are many others that can relate to similar situations. And we find this strange form of comfort, knowing that we're not alone, knowing that we're not the only freak shows in town, if you like, and knowing that we can rise from the ashes, yeah. that yeah. We, can, we can, you know, grow strength, we can grow wisdom to support us and propel us into a new future. Yes, yes. And Josie, I have been through all, I've got complex, complicated grief. I have experienced emotions I never knew existed. I mm -hmm. have been to the depths of despair and depression. Mm -hmm. I have experienced, well, I have PTSD and I, so I experience flashbacks and anxiety attacks and um, I have triggers and, and panic attacks and so forth. And that can come from so many of our experiences. Mm. Mm. So now, I mean, you've gone through a hell of a journey to get to this point and your husband made a choice that has resulted in significant grief and trauma for you as well. You know, I just want to ask you, Maria, I mean, do you blame yourself for what he did in any way? Like, is that part of the burden that you carry now or is it different yeah so and it shifted along the way so mm. I, I forgive myself every day mm. forgiving myself is one of the hardest parts about this journey um, at the beginning oh my gosh I almost certainly blamed myself I mean if I hadn't have wanted to separate from him you know he would still be alive like he would, you know, he would, he could still be, he could still be alive and, and I would still be living a very, very unhappy life in an abusive relationship. So I know, logically at least, I know that his choice was his, his decision. Mm. And, and that is not within my control at all. I mean, lots of people split up all of the time. Mm. And, and this outcome does not happen, thankfully, for most mm. people. Mm. And, 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 you know, and that was, you know, without, you know, without knowing exactly what he was thinking. I mean, mm. he certainly told me that he couldn't live without me. So he certainly indicated that he killed himself because he wasn't mm. going to be with me. So that is, in a lot of ways, the ultimate manipulation. Mm. And I... You know, I choose to, you know, I, he was a very, very sick person to do what he did to himself. So I choose to have some compassion towards him, which mm. is hard. Mm. But what I, I need to do for me is to keep choosing myself mm. all of the time, is to not blame myself. Mm. And also extend some of that compassion to yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
So Maria, when you say um, you're needing to forgive yourself every day, what are you actually forgiving yourself for? Yeah, I inside. So it, forgiving myself for staying there for so long, staying in that mm. situation for a long, long time. Mm. Um, I at one point I wrote a letter to my 24 year old self to um, about you know who I am now and the experiences I've gone through. And I believe, Josie, that I was meant to go through this experience in order to have the growth that I'm having now and to be in service to other people. Mm. I know what it's like to have the depths of despair and to have feelings I never knew existed. I feel Mm. like this has given me more layers or more you know depth of understanding of what other people go through before that I would not have known what it would be like to have an anxiety attack I Mm. gosh I intimately know what that is like now Mm. and I guess you've learned a lot of things about yourself about the nature of love what it means to love another person what it means to love too much and not enough so Maria what, what were the biggest lessons learned for you Okay, I think that one of, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned this year is about acceptance of self. And that is, you know, about, about love. So I gave everything to another person. I took responsibility. It was a, you know, most certainly a codependent relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I lived my life being hypervigilant all of the time you know, wondering what was going to happen next. And so with the the trauma that I've experienced and the panic attacks and the, and the anxiety and the flashbacks that I have, and I know that my brain has been injured, you know, as such from the trauma, accepting myself is my biggest lesson and being gentle with myself. I, you know, I... I was so hard on myself. I went back to work and um, back to training, um, my CrossFit training at the gym after six weeks, and I just expected high performance from myself. And then, you know, the numbness wore off Mm. and, you know, Mm. I fell apart. Mm. And accepting the emotions, so not trying to push them away, like I tried Mm. to push my anxiety away, I tried to, you know, I tried to push the the depression and the deep despair away. I used alcohol to self-medicate myself. I drank every single day for five months straight. I engaged in anything that would distract me. I was, I engaged in reckless behaviours, all behaviours, you know, consistent with traumatised person. But so accepting myself, accepting that this is the way I am now, that I sometimes have triggers, accepting that that there that it is, you know, the ups and downs of this this the grief, the complex, mm. complicated grief and the trauma that it is, mm. because I found that sometimes when I was feeling really good and feeling joyful and happy, 
I was actually just dreading the next drop. And so therefore I wasn't really in the moment. Mm. So that's probably two of my, you know, many sort of lessons. Mm. So Maria, what advice would you give anybody listening today if they find themselves in a similar situation? Okay, in terms of being in a an abusive relationship, Josie? That's right. Okay, my, my advice would be to reach out for support to a DV service or a trusted friend. I know how hard it is to make the decision to leave and I, I cannot express how that how dangerous it can be for a woman to leave an abusive relationship and we know we know this from the statistics Mm. of of women who are killed by partners Mm. so that is yeah that that is my advice is to is to you know even if you decide you know that you want out and but you're not ready to take action like that that's okay that you're not alone Mm. but to seek that help because contacting a domestic violence service they know they know that it's not just as easy as packing your bags and walking out it's complex there might Mm. be children and pets and property involved Mm. Mm. but to seek support Mm. and that's usually you know the, the, the 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 first step and sometimes the hardest step is to actually admit i need help here Yes, yes, exactly. And, and, and it's, you know, it's a hard step. And I would encourage anyone to think of the longer term picture that it is possible and, you know, almost certain that in the long term that you can lead a very happy life, that leaving is hard but the longer term situation can be better. And, you know, even with everything that I experience now and all the healing that I'm doing and will do in the future, Mm. I would still go back and make that decision in a heartbeat. Because the the decision to leave. The decision to leave because Mm. I chose me. I honoured myself Mm. for the first time in 20 years. And, And, you know, already, like, I'm free, Josie. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Mm. And it's been the conditioning, my own conditioning that I've worked through Mm. over the past year to help release that Mm. in order to be truly free. So, Maria, can I ask you, do you think that there was a reshaping of your sense of worthiness and deservedness now? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, by the time I left, I had been criticised and put down so much over 20 years and no one would ever guess it. You know, I I wore so many masks Mm. that internally and externally, I had very little self-worth. The way I treated myself, Mm. I treated myself so hard, so Mm. hard. And so, yeah, I I have reshaped that you know, over this past 12 months to the point where I have, you know, I have a ton of practices and tools I use to help myself. And one of them is that, you know, I ask myself the questions like, 
you know, what do I need now? How can I show myself some love? And where I used to have like a massive to-do list of, of my, you know, daily actions that I would check off. Now I just use them as a toolkit and I pull them out when I need to, uh, you know, what do I need today? Mm. You know, do I need to go to the gym today? Or actually, do I just need a rest day or a gentle walk? Mm. Whatever the answer is, it's, it's okay. Mm. So really tuning into your needs and yourself, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. So Maria, are there any other nuggets of wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with? I think other than just to be gentle with yourself, whatever challenge that you're going through, to talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend Mm. and like to be present as much as you can in the moment. I spent a lot of time worrying about the future or having flashbacks of the past, whereas um, I've really focused on, you know, just being not having to do all the time and just really nurturing myself and focusing like on myself. And that's not always easy to do, Maria, but you're a real credit, you know, for people that need to know that there is hope, there is an option, there is something you can do to resource and support yourself through something really tough like an abusive relationship. So, Maria, if people want to connect with you or know more, where can we direct them? Okay, you can contact me um, through Facebook Messenger. You can direct message me. You can just mm-hmm. search my name, Maria Roney, or send me a friend request um, or connect with me on Instagram, and that's Maria Roney Coaching. Okay, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Yeah. Can I just say one other little nugget mm. is that growth happens when you're on the floor crying and in the moments of despair, like to take the gold out of that. Um, Growth doesn't happen when you're wearing yoga pants and admiring your crystals. You know, it's about for anybody who is experiencing any kind of trauma or stress in their life to to look for what you can learn from it. Mm, Beautiful. Maria, what an inspiration and true light you are in the world. You've really shown us that no matter what the circumstances, you really can rise and shine again. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me here, Josie, and and thank you to anybody who's listened. Now, if Maria Roney can do it, so can you. Did you like this podcast interview? Share your comments with me and tell me what you loved about the interview and how it has helped you. Help spread the love by sharing the link with your friends so that they can rise and shine too. So until next time, remember, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond that counts. Shine on. Shine on.